Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. And my hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people or both, whether you're married or single, fullness or emptiness, whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You'll be hearing from ordinary people living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Today, I will be talking with my dear friend, Lori Green. Lori is a wife to her wonderful husband, Randy, a mom to two amazing teen boys, and she is a children's ministry assistant at her church. She has such a beautiful heart for the kids she serves in that program, which she will talk about, and she'll also be sharing about two incredibly miraculous ways that God showed up in the lives of each of her boys. You will be so inspired by God's power and faithfulness as you hear her story. So without further ado, here's my interview with my good friend, Lori Green. Well, hello, and welcome to the Made for This podcast. Thank I'm you. sitting here with my friend, Lori Green, and I'm so thrilled to have her here. Her story is amazing. She is a mama to two boys, wife to a great husband. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your family? Well, sure. Um, my husband, Randy, and I've been married for 18 years, and we have a 14-year-old son, Jack, and a 12-year-old son, Sam. Awesome. Yeah. And they're in what grades right now? Eighth and sixth. Oh middle school. So you have two middle school. Right. How is middle school life with boys going? You know, I feel like it's a good balance of all the scary things that we've heard about from yeah. our friends. And and then otherwise it's going well. Yeah. I feel like, They're great kids. Yeah. They're probably navigating that yeah. really well. They're so likable and sweet and They're fun. fun. And, um, so we should probably say how we met because we interviewed Julie Wilhite earlier and mm-hmm. I basically met her on the farm and because I would never go home, and she thought, I bet she thought, well, if she's never going to leave my house anyway, I may as well give her a job. Right. So uh-huh. when she had Jessie, I got to fill in teaching. Yes. And, and that's where I met you. Yes, and Jack was in her preschool when he was three and four. And when you filled in while she was on maternity leave, he called you Miss Julie, too. Yes, <laughs> which I feel like which- that's just true still. Julie Wilhite, if you're listening, I will always be Julie, too. No, 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 no. Not in that way. As in the second Julie to come to his attention. I've already accepted it. No, he was in love with both of you Julies. He called you Julie, too, for probably up until just recently. So your little Jack has always captured my heart because somehow he and I would just talk a lot, and he's the sweetest, tender-hearted kid and was one of my most profound encouragers. Uh often Uh Uh (laughs) I'll never forget sitting in church and he leans up I'm in front of him and he leans up up behind me and he says he goes Miss Julie I just I just wanted to tell you that I think you should audition for The Voice because if (laughs) you did you'd turn every chair yes and I was dying (laughs) yes no he had been telling us that for a couple of weeks and then he was like do you think I should just tell her that I think that about her voice? <laughs> like, yes, you should always yes. tell somebody that. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing ever. It's darling, darling kids. Yeah, we always know how he feels about you. Uh, so great. Yeah, I love that. I still love that. So not true, but so <laughs> great that he 
thought that and said it. Oh, he's your and biggest so fan. Brave. <laughs> yes. Like my kids would never <laughs> feel right. like they could come up right. and say that to anybody. Oh, it's the best. So, all right. Well, you are a ministry assistant in the kids department. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your job. How did you get involved in kids ministry? Well, so I'm really a social worker. Right. So I did um, social work for a lot of years and did some of the best kind of social work. I worked in adoption for a lot of years. And toward the end of that, I just sort of started feeling a little bit burnt out on that. And um, how I got involved in the kid ministry at our church was totally by accident on my part, but I, you know, it was God's plan for yeah. me that yeah. I had heard that um, there wasn't going to be a VBS one summer because, and it was right when my kids were getting old enough to attend VBS and there just wasn't anybody to direct it. So I just was driving by the church and I just felt like I was supposed to just go in. And oh so I walked in, I'm standing in the lobby and there's an interim kids pastor at that time. And I just said, so is there going to be a VBS? And she said, oh. well, if you would like to direct it, then we could have a VBS. Oh, gosh. And I just put my head down and tears and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to oh my direct gosh. VBS. And so... Which is no small undertaking. Oh, no. No. And I didn't know it at the time, but they were adopting a whole new curriculum for their vacation wow. Bible school program, which was very intensive and required a lot of work. It was a huge learning curve. But anyway, it captured my heart and became kind of my baby. And so I started doing that. And then when our mutual friend, Julie, yeah. came on board in an official capacity beyond volunteering at the church, she um, asked me to just kind of partner with her and That's assist so her in great. her job. So we've been doing that for almost six years, I think now. And I love that. Just that yeah. see a need, fill a need. Like yeah. you saw a hole and you said, hey, is what's happening here? And yeah. then they just handed you this big giant yeah. job and yeah. you knew right away. Yeah. And you do such a good job. It's kind of your thing. It's well, your baby. It like, is. It is my baby. Yeah. I love it so much. It. Yes. Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. Um, and tons of kids, right? Tons Hun- of kids. Hundreds and of kids? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, we have over 200 kids. But the, because of how intensive the program is and really how much work we do to bring the Bible to life for the kids, it involves over 100 volunteers wow. each year. And so it's a lot of, I never saw myself as a manager of that many yeah. you know, volunteers and stuff, a coach, encourager. But yeah, I love wow. it. It's been awesome. So for anybody listening that may want to in the future enroll their kids in vacation Bible school. It's mm-hmm. it's an all anybody's welcome, right? Oh, it's sure. not just specifically oh, yes, to please. your church. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. you start just promoting that and letting them know how to sign up and Well, I was just getting ready to write my save the date email. Oh really? Uh-huh. Oh very yeah. cool. So yeah, it, it usually happens the first full week that school's out in okay. June. And, and it's Eagle Nazarene, so mm-hmm. it would be, it's www.eaglenaz.com. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you would go to yeah, the Yeah, and usually area. by March or April, we'll have all of the registration stuff up on the site. But Very it's, fun. yeah. Yeah, because you, oh my gosh, the sets and the costumes and the yeah. themes and... Yeah, it's a Holy Land adventure is what this whole, the VBS that we choose to do. And so they just pick a different destination in the Bible every year. That and so, so um, we're revisiting Rome this year, which was yeah. the first one that we did 10 nine or 10 years ago. Okay. So it's just, yeah, it's awesome. So yeah. The kids just really believe what they experience and it, um, yeah. it makes sense to them in a different way that we wouldn't normally be able to provide for our kids. So I love wow. that so much about it. Yeah. That's so exciting. So fun. I love that. And talk, it just fits the whole point of this podcast is just living out your purpose right in front of you. You didn't even seek that out. You just, it kind of fell in your lap, but right. you we're willing to say yes and go right. right in. And then right. now you've had these incredible experiences and 
um, incredible stories from the kids and raised all this money for different organizations right. over yeah. the years. And yeah. oh, I love that. That's yeah. so great. Just yeah. saying yes. That's so cool. Um, and so what do you love the very most about your job? Oh, goodness. Well, I love, I'm a people person, yeah. so I love the relational piece. I love, I take it very seriously and personally that it matters to be known. Yeah. So I can, For the kids. Yeah. Like, and for anybody that's listening, you can't see that my sweet, tender friend <laughs> could like easily cry the minute that she talks about kids. She loves kids so much and loves her job so much. It's so cool. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you today is yeah. I just love your tender heart for ministry and for kids. And yeah. so do you have a standout, like just dear moment that you had with a, a kid through, through your program? Okay. Well, I, yes. I Well, one comes to mind right now and it's more just a touching, yeah. you know, just tender moment, but... And it'll probably make me cry too, but we have one little girl in uh-huh. our church who, we have a lot of kids with food allergies and this oh, is yeah. tender and you'll hear, yeah. we'll talk about this later, but I have a spot in my heart for kids with food allergies. And so I go to great lengths to make sure that things safe. are safe. Yeah. And so we had one girl who had never come to VBS because they just couldn't guarantee that she would be safe. And her oh. allergies are so severe that it's airborne, you know, oh, things will send her to the gosh. ER. So I just... You know, communicated with all the parents and all the volunteers. Like, here we get an opportunity to serve this little girl. Yeah. So she she came up to me, um, like the, maybe halfway through VBS, and she gave me a little card, and I knelt down to her, and she said, "Thank you so much, Miss Lori, for making oh, VBS safe for me." That. And she, um, you know, she was just so tender and sweet, and oh. you know, to her family, it, they recognize what it means. Yeah. You know, if you haven't lived with food allergies, it's hard to really know what that means to right. the family, but. Just to, just to hear from her sweet little voice, like it, we just that little bit of knowledge and right. you know. Well, and she can just feel like a regular kid exactly. that can show up and go. And yeah, enjoy which is experience. not normal for her. She can't right. go to school. There's just a lot of places she can't go. But I was like, gosh darn it, we're gonna make sure she can yeah. come to VBS. And so oh, that's that was sweet. That was just this last summer. But yeah, I loved that that impacted them right so much. And it was a seemingly little gesture. Right. But, oh, I love that. Yeah, and that made I mean really just. That had to have meant the world to her yeah. to just be able to be a regular kid. Because I know that my friends who've had young kids with food allergies, just the whole our culture is so related and, and revolves around food mm-hmm. in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And if you want to celebrate something, you go get ice cream and yes. you go to dinner and you go yes. to a birthday party and you have cake. And so just the sense of being left out for mm-hmm. kids with food allergies mm-hmm. is a really big deal. Yeah, and even the kids who are really awesome about it and they get it and they're total troopers about it, that's really a neat way to minister to families with food allergies is to just kind of oh, getting some education. Awesome. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's really great. So as I also asked our friend Julie Wilhite when she was on the program and just having worked in church for a lot of years, there are some of the most incredible blessings and joys in church work. And there's some pretty hard things about Mm -hmm. ministry life. What encouragement do you have for anybody that's, that's working in ministry just as far as just to, you know, how to keep, how to keep going through some of the hard things? I think for me personally, I've just kind of been on this journey in the last year or so, just really, God just kind of been redefining what the church means to me, uh-huh. and really, you know, that we're called to be the church, and it's not about the church you attend right. or the dom- denomination. It's the people around you. That's what church is: is yeah. the fellowship, and and recognizing that so much of what we do in programming and planning and all that stuff 
realistically, that's not the stuff that makes lifelong differences in people's faith. It's the relationship piece and just, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to invade your space and being willing to be obedient just with conversations and reaching out to people. And I just think those personal relationships and being willing to pray for people on the spot and encourage people on the spot and being obedient when you're supposed to go have coffee with somebody. Right. It's. I feel like it's so much more about the relational piece. And I yeah. think for me personally, that's so filling yeah. when the the tasks and the barriers that come up, you know, in ministry or any yeah. organization can feel frustrating or misunderstood or all, you know, all those things. I think when it comes down to it, it's the relational piece that's so filling for go, me. Go back to what the main yeah. point yeah. is. Yeah. That's so good. That is, it's so true because It's those conversations in the hallway in between services where parents are picking up their kids or dropping off their kids where you remember something about their kid or about them and having those kind of conversations where helping them feel known and following up on something you knew was going on in their life. I just feel like oftentimes that's more meaningful to feel known in those spaces than even what we're teaching from the stage. Wow. Um, Well, because potentially, even more so than just if they were with a a classroom teacher, you have them for a lot of years, six mm -hmm, years, mm -hmm. right? They start with kindergarten, K through five. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time to be a constant in a kid's life. Yeah. And 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 really watch them grow from babies to fifth grade, ready to launch into middle school. Right. Yeah. It just comes back to feeling known or being known. I just wow. think, and it matters so much if you talk to a mom and you're talking to her personally about your kid. I mean, what ma- ma- what means more to you as a mom than yeah. to hear somebody say something awesome about your kid right. or to remember something specific about your kid? Yeah. Um, so, Well, that's always amazed me um, because we went to your church for so long and and watching you guys, you and Julie, stand in the hallway and, hey, Johnny, hey, Sarah, you knew every kid's name. And you have a giant program. I could never get over how even just knowing all the names is so important. We try. Yeah. We mess up, but yeah. <laughs> we try. Yeah. yeah. It's I think important. I remember Julie saying she would take pictures and then just for new, when new families would come in mm-hmm. and just every time, like, look at pictures and make sure she could match the names and We try, or sometimes we'll be standing at the end of the hallway, we'll see a family coming down, and we'll, you know, like, that mom, what's their, you know, remind me what family this is, and so we'll we'll help each other. Not only just the kids' names, but you have to remember all the parents. When I taught preschool music, that, for me, was a struggle coming into all these different environments and keeping them all straight. I, so I just could never understand how in the world you guys can do that so well. But I guess you, it's just because you know how important for a kid to feel like. Yeah. I think when you, when you become passionate about your ultimate goals in ministry, those things become easier to do. Right. They feel less like a task yeah. than a, wow. just something you believe in. I love that. I think you guys are amazing. I love what you do, and I love the impact you're having on kids. Okay, back to what we were talking about with why you're particularly sensitive to families with food allergies. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your journey with that with your youngest. Okay. So Sam, when he was five months old, mm-hmm. I, I had been nursing exclusively, and we just tried to give him a bottle of formula, and he ended up having an anaphylactic reaction. At five months old. Five months old, and so he just kind of blew up, and we had eight paramedics in our living room. Oh, and my gosh. So you had to call 911. Yes. Like, this is like, because mm-hmm. you don't have any reason to believe this will happen, so you have nothing like an EpiPen or anything. Oh, right. And he's a baby. Right. So 911. Right. I actually called 911 to ask like, I don't think we need anybody, but where's the closest hospital to us? I just wasn't oh. sure. And they said, you just stay put. We'll have somebody there in two minutes. And they did. And so is he just laboring, breathing, all yeah. of the things? Oh, he, yes. Oh, he was completely gosh. swollen and, yeah, low oxygen. 
Oh, that yeah. had to have been terrifying. It was. It was. Um, yeah. You're, you're doing what is just the most basic natural thing to do is to yes. feed your child and then all of a sudden. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. So, um, and so, they knew right what to do. Did they understand what was mm-hmm. happening to him when they got there? They mm-hmm. could tell. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we didn't know what the allergy was at the right. time. We thought maybe it was latex because of the, because oh, he wasn't right. used to having yeah, a bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we, within the next couple of days, had an appointment with an allergist and did some of the preliminary testing and recognized that he had some significant food allergies. Mm-hmm. And so because I was nursing exclusively, I had to adjust my diet. Wow. And then, um, Anyway, as we as time went on, we did you know more testing with him and discovered that he had really significant allergies to um, like five major foods, wow. and so his diet was highly regulated, and so that was just part of our life. Was you know, right. but our prayer was just always that someday there would be nothing that would take his life. You know, well, for sure. Food. Okay, so, so he has this happen at five months, then. Did you, and every time they get into something they're allergic to, it it ends up being a worse reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the fear? That's, a, mm-hmm. That's so what did, they say. Did he have further contact with those things as he was growing up? Because so, it's hard to keep toddlers out of mm-hmm. all the things. No, he had, like we had um, situations. One time we had friends over and their baby was, they were just kind of rolling out on the floor with each other and their baby who had formula spit up and oh, he rolled into it and his whole face just swelled up just from the contact of the other babies. Oh <laughs> my god! Spit up. Yeah. I was sad. Or like if other kids were, and you know, as he became a toddler, if somebody else was eating like a cheese stick, for example, he yeah. had like a hand shaped welt on, wow. on his head. And, um, so he was, it was oh more contact. Gosh. I was very careful about what went into his body. Right. And so, but it was more of a contact thing. And okay. So what did that do for you. I feel like I would turn into a crazy person of vigilant well, protection of my kid, not wanting to leave the house. How did you handle that as a mom? Because there's real fear around just raising kids well, in for general. Sure. And well, for sure. Yeah. You know, I just, we did a lot of communicating and I mean, realistically it was the family that was <laughs> like grandparents and stuff were the yeah. hardest ones to really help them understand Right. What it is a lot of times just because it's at that time food allergies were pretty new yeah. for you know you most people didn't know very many people yeah. or kids with food allergies to this extent so it was a lot of education and right. and I spent hours in the grocery stores reading labels and wow. um, you know ordering foods that would be safe for him we just tried to make things as normal as possible for him and yeah like this is how God made your body and we just keep praying that you'll be safe and wow um. Tried to normalize. He was a trooper, though. He he just always was a trooper. And my siblings still just laugh because every year I was just determined to make a normal-looking birthday cake for him on his birthday. And um, they still joke about the allergy cakes that I would make. That's what they call them. And um, I so I was always really motivated, and I would buy. I mean, I would. There was one time I spent like forty dollars on ingredients for a birthday cake for for him because I was just like. I want him to have, in, Gosh, there weren't very many it, options back then. Cake, yes, yeah. and oh. my siblings are joking about, you know, how yeah. gross it was. And, right, and you know, $40 in it. I'm like, like, hush um, up, it's yeah. Sam's birthday cake and you will eat it. But, but, yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so then God showed up in a really profound and incredible way in that little boy's life. So yeah. tell us about that. So a few years ago, I was reading the um, book, The Circle Maker. Oh, yeah. And... In it, you know, the author asks you to identify something that is just way out of your control. Uh-huh. Is there a miracle in your life that 
God would want to do if you, yeah. something that you would dare to ask or dream about. And that would be something that would be so obvious that it was him because it wasn't anything you could do. And I just began praying for about a week about it. And he just kept putting Sam's allergies on my heart. And I just kept, mm. I argued with the Lord for a good week about this can't be what you're asking me to pray yeah. for because, right. because this is like scientific. We have like, you know, we right. have the allergist and right. we've got all the results from the blood tests and well, this is the safety of our kid. We, how can we ask for right. him to be fully healed in this way? And But I just knew that that was what we were supposed to be praying about. So I wrote it down and then I shared it with my family and we just began a very purposeful prayer journey, wow. asking God to do this miracle and believing that that was that he had this miracle for Sam. Wow. And and it was really scary because, I mean, you know, to be that bold with, not just with your friends and family, but mostly with Sam. Yeah. You know, just right. thinking. You don't want to create that false hope. Right. Or, yeah. And, yeah, and right. what if I misunderstood? Right. And what if right. God doesn't heal him in the way that we're asking? Right. And you have and, to teach him all about when God doesn't. Yes. To yes. Heal. But He's I just. Young and, yes. Yeah. But we just knew and that this was something we were supposed to be praying for. And and so about three months into that prayer journey, we went back for his annual allergy testing, and we were all just, the whole family went, and we just were like, this is going to be awesome. and um, Like you just knew. Yeah. Wow. But we knew that this was what God had for Sam. We just didn't know what sort of time frame. And we went in to the allergy appointment. He did all the workup, and nothing had improved. And in fact, a couple of allergies had gotten worse. Oh, and we, um, yeah, we walked out, all four of us, in tears, his big brother, oh, too, and just so disappointed. Right. But. And what are the ages right now of your kids? Sam's 12. Well, I mean, Jack's when 14. this is Oh, at that, that time? Yeah. Um, eight. Okay. Sam was eight. Uh-huh. So eight and ten. This was when, right. yeah, when we so, were So, I mean, tender years in developing faith. Yes, right, right. And and that was part of the battle that I had in my prayer journey that year was just really not listening to the enemy telling me, right. you're crazy for yeah. asking for this. Why mm-hmm. do you think you're special? Look mm-hmm. at all the other kids who live with allergies. Yeah. Look at all the other kids who have other, you know, cancers right, right. and, you know, other things going on. Why would God want to do this for your kid right. and um, really praying through that and just believing, no, we were not mistaken in yeah. believing that this was what God had for us. So a full year later, after I started this journey, we were camping with a whole group of families from our church and uh-huh. we had just like a time of prayer and devotional um, you know, with families. And I just really felt God leading me to ask this whole community of friends to join with us in this prayer journey. And I hadn't made it very public for Sam right. and I was a little bit afraid, like mm-hmm. he's pretty shy and introverted and to put him out there was kind of a big deal yeah. and but I just it was one of those times when your heart's just beating like we're supposed to invite yeah. them into this journey with us and so this whole group of families and their kids just centered around him and laid hands on him and just prayed with us boldly asking God for this miracle in Sam's life wow. not from a place of entitlement or Thinking that we but deserve it, anybody obedience else? But, because yes. you felt like this is what God was telling you to right. ask for. Yeah. So, um, so, so that happened. That was on a Sunday, and four days later, I was at a conference, and so the boys were at my um, brother and sister in law's house, and I had packed their lunches, uh-huh. and I always they have these color coded sandwich containers, right. and. Okay. And Sam would always have sun butter, sunflower butter sandwiches, okay. and yeah. Jack would have a peanut butter sandwich. 
and peanuts is Sam's highest allergen. Right. He okay. always had a number six on the, like okay. a zero to six scale. And so anyway, so he they somehow, not by accident, they switch their sandwich boxes and I get a call when I'm at the conference. Well, I get multiple calls and I kind of oh, kept, right. and then I get a text that this is an emergency, you need to so I stepped oh out and they gosh. said Wait, you said not by accident. So the kids well, chose or you no. just think it God God had yes. his hand. So it, it wasn't was an co- accident at the time, but yes. it, it was not, not in, a coincidence in the grand scheme right. of life. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yes, and so my brother's on the phone. He said, Sam has eaten multiple bites of Jack's peanut butter oh sandwich. My I just got goosebumps everywhere. Oh my goodness. Well it was it was one of those oh moments where your body gosh. just goes cold right. when you and he said, We've got nine one one on the phone and we've got the EpiPen oh out. What do you want us to do? And I'm like, Well, what's he doing? Right. And he said, He's just sitting here. I'm like, you know, so I asked all the questions about the breathing and cause Yeah, and you're not even in the building. This no, is your, no, I'm 10 oh minutes away. Gosh. And so I said, I don't feel like unless he's having trouble breathing, I don't think you need to have the paramedics come. Wow. Same with the EpiPen, but I'm on my way. Yeah. So I hop in the car, yeah. you know, and I'm just praying and right. crying oh, and because totally. it's all of our worst fear. Yeah. Right? Cause and this is not just a tiny, this is, he took actual huge bites yes. of this. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he, yeah, which is crazy too, because he normally eats some butter. Like he didn't even notice the taste difference. And so I get there and all my siblings and Jack, our older son is standing there with the EpiPen. Like he would love to be able to stab the EpiPen in his brother's leg to help rescue him. And Sam's just sitting there on a stool and, you know, I'm like, look, I'm looking him over, lift his shirt. I'm just looking for welts. Yeah. He, he had nothing. Nothing. He had, he had nothing. He wasn't itchy. He w- there was no redness. And before, if he oh accidentally, a couple times, he's accidentally had milk, and he yeah. would get like red welts all the way from his mouth to his abdomen. Oh, and poor I mean, baby. so I'm like, there's got to be something. Yeah, you're there's you're, nothing. Oh my word! And he's just sitting there, and you know, everybody's staring at him. And so for several minutes, you know, I'm just evaluating him yeah. and going, you you look really fine to me. And after, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes or so, I finally vocalized what I was feeling and yeah. said, Sam, do you know what I think this means? And, you know, he just, he just looked up at me and he goes, God did the miracle. Oh my gosh. God did the miracle. And That's I said, the sweetest thing ever. I think, I think so. There's no other explanation for this right. because, yeah. um, you know, we, I did all of the things you know, quote yeah. unquote, right? You know, the right. their colored lunchboxes yeah, yeah. and oh, everything. Totally. Yeah, everything had been precautionary. Oh my word! You know that they, yeah, that they accidentally, you know, right. not so accidentally right, right. in the scheme of things, um, switch sandwiches, and that it happened to be peanuts, which is his highest exactly. allergen. Yeah. And now here's the other thing: is that throughout the year, as I was praying for this, because part of the things that would go through my mind was. Well, how will we know? Yeah. How will we know yeah, if oh, God totally, did the miracle? Because you're never going to want to choose right. that. Yeah. And so I, scary as it sounds, I began praying for an accidental yeah, exposure right, for him because right. I, the only way we will know in yeah. true faith that this oh, is your Oh, yeah, because you can never hand. go right. past your mama instinct of protection to actually yeah. willfully Just try hand it. Your, try yeah. a little right. bit of peanut butter. No, you never. You <laughs> right. never would. Right. Oh, my goodness. And so just that God, that he showed up in such a significant way in to to clear any doubts in our minds. Like yeah. it was peanuts, it was his highest allergen, always had been since he was born. Yeah. And um, you know, just that it was just so obvious. Yeah. And that it was an accidental thing and um and he had zero reaction. 
That's amazing. So yeah. then did you go back and have the testing done again after that to confirm you know, or never, you just haven't? We never did. And what we did is we just told him, we believe that God has fully healed you. Okay. And whenever you are ready to try any of your allergens, yeah. your foods you've been allergic to, then you let us know. And it took him a long time. I bet. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Because when you live that life, yeah. he doesn't want to bring that on right. himself either. So little by little, like he decided to try um, our banana bread that had eggs in it. Okay. And, you know, he had no reaction. And then, wow. you know, at one point he decided to try yogurt. But um, it was a full year after his healing that he, we were on vacation and we were all having ice cream. Uh-huh. And he came up and he just said, can I try your ice cream? And, yeah. you know, Randy and I looked at each other like, okay, like, uh, oh, yes, well, we're on sh- vacation. So <laughs> I hope this but, goes well. But you know, what goes through your mind is like, yes, we believe that yeah, you are healed totally. and we're going to continue to claim yeah. that that is, you know, we believe that God yeah. did what he said he was going to do. Um, but at the same time, you oh, totally. in the back of your mind, you're just like, are we being wise? Yeah, and so right. anyway, he took a bite of the ice cream and he just said, oh, he's nine years old at this yeah. point. And he's like, oh, I didn't know what I've been missing. <laughs> oh, so we, of course, we're at the water park. We start crying because oh, we're just, it was precious. And yeah. so then after that, he was like, I want to try real pizza. It just like gave him the courage. Oh, and so totally. we took him out for good pizza for the first time with actual cheese. And then, oh, my goodness. so little by little, we just allowed him to sort of decide what he wanted to try. And yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he's been, I love that because we, we do, we have a great big healing God and right. that is incredible how right. there's, it's undeniable that that's what happened. Right. That he healed that little boy. And yeah. so I have tons of questions. One of them being the, the gap between when you heard this disappointing news from the doctor and when that particular accident happened with the peanut butter, how did you, how did you reconcile all of that in his little world of believing so much and the whole family's there and you're waiting for this positive result from the mm-hmm. doctor and you don't get it. Mm-hmm. How did you work that out with him as far as just developing his faith and confidence in God? Well, I certainly said things to him that maybe at the time I didn't fully believe uh, for myself, okay. but yeah. you know, that I knew in my head were right. Just that yeah. it must not be his timing yet. Yeah. Um, we know that God can heal you. We believe yeah. that he's promised us a healing for you. We just don't know when that's going to be. And, wow. you know, I had days when I questioned that myself, but yeah. for his sake, I had to, I was really concerned about his faith. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Not being disappointed mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and not having it affect his trust. And, yeah. and probably for this though, I mean, I feel like I still need that in my life. I need people speaking truth to me, mm-hmm. even if I don't fully emotionally connect with that at the time. Right. I need that. Right. Well, we can't build our faith on our experiences because that's not what's true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Okay. So then my natural question is because why this is so interesting for the two of us to be talking about this Mm -hmm. is that I have two children that have not been healed in the sense that they have visual impairments Mm -hmm. and it's a genetic thing that, Mm -hmm. that they, that they will deal with for the rest of their life. And um, we did not know that this was part of our genetic lineup when we had my first little one, but then when we found out we were expecting Andrew, oh, we prayed our little hearts out yeah. for healing for him, right. and and then you know he has the same condition. Right. And so how how do you encourage people again? Just God can heal, yes. and I fully know that, and I believe that mm-hmm. He's just chosen not to with my kids. How do you encourage people? Just isn't that whole topic of healing? Mm-hmm. I think I feel like that is one of the hardest issues in our Christian walk. 
Yeah. Because we know what the Bible says about, you know, healing and that God wants wholeness for us and that we have been asked to lay hands on each other, not even asked, commanded, if we consider ourselves disciples. And so for me, I just keep coming back to that, just that I know that I know that I know that the Bible is true and that He loves us, Uh that He has healing and wholeness for us. Because I think if you ever get to a point where it's not worth praying and asking God, and I think there's lots of reasons why we don't ask God, and I think many times it's because we're afraid of being disappointed or afraid of getting angry with God if He doesn't answer in the way that we're hoping. But I just believe that that dialogue with Him, just asking, He hears it and... And we will never understand what his timing is. Because yeah. I've watched lots of yeah. times when healings haven't happened in the right. way that yeah. we believe that right. they could or should. And like, God, you, we know you could do this. Yeah. Why don't you do this? But that he he sees the overall plan yeah, for things. Exactly. And yeah. he knows. I think that's so true. Because he, he may have allowed healing in Sam's life so that he can have a, a testimony, testimony mm-hmm. that will impact his mm-hmm. world. Whereas mm-hmm. my kids have... a really powerful testimony of just God's faithfulness right. in the midst of difficulty right. and struggle. And and you um, never know what their future know. holds right. too, because yeah. God's healing for them could happen at a later exactly. time yeah. and be even more significant. Yeah. I mean, you just, you, we don't know. I heard a sermon recently that I just loved it related to this whole topic, because I would never want anyone to feel like if there wasn't that visible healing that somehow they didn't do something right mm-hmm. or pray right or mm-hmm. pray hard enough yes. or, you mm-hmm. know, because that's, that's just too big of a saddle mm-hmm. to put in our backs and it's not true. But mm-hmm. he said to pray like, um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they were standing in front of the fiery furnace and they told the King, yes, my God, he can save us from this, from this fire and what seemed like certain death. And they said, but even if he doesn't, right. And so this pastor was saying, pray like that over, mm-hmm. Whatever obstacle mm-hmm. is in your way, pray that with all the urgency and all the confidence and all right. the belief and all the knowing that truly he has that ability to take care of that situation. But even if he doesn't the mm-hmm. way we want him to, mm-hmm. he is still in control and he is still sovereign. And right. And good. Ultimately good. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, that's pro- Yeah. I think that that's, that's the crux of it right there is what do you come away from? You can ask God anything. He already knows the, the hopes yeah. and desires of our hearts. But ask Him for anything. But what happens if it doesn't yeah. happen the way we want it? Do we still believe His Word? Do we yeah. still believe that He's good and, and that He loves us? that's what we've come us? to see, yeah. that He is so good in yeah. the midst of right. all of it. So just in thinking about all of this, you know, the, knowing that God does heal, yeah. but not understanding why and when yeah. He's going to do that for us. I have a, um, there's a guy that I listen to a lot. He's an evangelist, mostly on the street with mm-hmm. people. And he has this incredible healing ministry that God has done through him. Uh-huh. And he has seen so many miraculous healings yeah. and just fully believes that God has, is doing this through him and right. using him to help right. heal people and ultimately have helping people know Jesus wow. because of God's healing power. And um, he tells this story about having pain himself and he had this really significant knee problem and he huh. just began praying knowing that God can heal him. Well, right, and, he'd seen it. Yeah. Oh yes. And like yeah. so many times, yeah. hundreds of times. And he says, wow. God, I know you can do this. And he had his whole team around him praying and just believing 
that God's going to just take care of this. He's going to go back to the doctor. Yes, because he can, and he's seen it. And ultimately, he ended up going in for surgery, and still, as he's going into surgery, arguing with God, God, come on, you can just show up and do this. And God didn't, and he didn't know why, but he kept believing. And he tells a story about coming out of anesthesia, and he's still groggy, and he ends up ministering to this nurse that he recognized had some pain and just said, can I pray for you? And she ended up having being healed right there in the recovery room. And um, so in those moments, he was like, all right, God, if this is what it was all about, that's fine. And then over the course of his whole therapy, rehabbing his knee, he ends up praying for and ministering to over 30 other people and seeing healings with their particular knee issues. And so he says, you know, I believe God can do it, and I've yeah. seen him do it lots and lots right. of times. I don't understand why, but I'm still going to believe and praise him for how right. he's going to use that. And so that's so encouraging to me. So even as he's in there and yes. God didn't heal him miraculously but used conventional medicine to bring about his healing, yes. then he's now bringing about all of these healings. Yeah, there's a reason people. in his story. And salvation. And, right. right. Which, which that is what really is encouraging to me. We heard a sermon about that and how he was saying how healings our ultimately our physical healing is not the end all be all mm-hmm. goal and mm-hmm. ultimately the the ultimate healing is is in our salvation and mm-hmm. our relationship with Christ mm-hmm. and and so God will often use those physical healings but the point is to propel people into a saving right. relationship with right. Christ and he was saying how like you know and I've heard other pastors say this that when God healed people in the first century, those people ended up dying of something eventually. Right, right, right. Like, right. The point was not that they, we don't have any first century people wandering around right. <laughs> that are still alive right. from Jesus's healing. Right. But he used the healing to ultimately bring about salvation. Mm-hmm. And, and so when we hear about all these incredible healing stories to, to lead back with, there were this many salvations and also these people were heal- healed physically, that it always mm-hmm. is a secondary tier to yeah. the ultimate salvation. Well, yeah, thing. just that they know Jesus. And, yeah. and a lot of times that's what the healing is all about is yeah. just to create interest in who is this person yeah. behind the healings. And right. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to yeah. know him better. So I guess both of us can sum up our journeys while they played out a little differently that ultimately God does heal. Like mm-hmm. he can, he, mm-hmm. he can, but we just don't always get to see it in this, in this present life, but we can always believe and pray toward that, right? knowing that it might, if, if he decides that that's part of the, the way he wants the story to play out, he can absolutely do that right. if that's what he wants to, right. or he can use whatever, whatever illness he allowed in our life to be part of our story. Right. Like Paul who said, right. I have this thorn and God didn't take it away. So, right. so, oh, I love that. It's, it's so exciting. And I love just the encouragement to anybody listening. Pray your little heart out for right. whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been such a testimony for our family. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, what is so fun and incredible about your little family and your kids is that here we have God undeniably showing up in little Sam's life mm-hmm. and, and what a faith growing experience for him to anchor him to this great big God that knows him by name, knows him personally, and swoops down and heals him. And then you also had God show up in a profoundly incredible way with Jack. Mm -hmm. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Um, So last year, I had just been... So at the beginning of the year, I just sort of been praying and felt like the Lord had just impressed on my heart the word unafraid. 
and and through different things I had been reading and hearing, I just felt like he wanted me to embrace living this life, particularly of parenting, um, being unafraid because I, my nature is to want to do everything right to protect my kids. And what I came to understand about that goal that I had is that, um, I really came to believe that my kids were safe and okay because of everything I was doing for them. Oh, right. And yeah. um, that it was all in my control. Even though in my head I knew, you know, yeah. I know that's not really true, but in my heart I just really lived in fear of yeah. all of the what-ifs with my kids. Oh, everything totally. from climbing I, yeah. trees to everything. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. God had to work with me on that. A yeah. Time. I would lay awake at night just paralyzed with the what-if yes. happened or that happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, as a mom, you know how your mind can just go a million places yeah. in one second Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the people that you care the most about and these yeah. kids that you've been well, entrusted you, with. Like we've said, so tenderhearted toward just all kids. Yeah. And then I'm sure like yes. even more, yes. <laughs> a thousand percent more with your own kids. Yes. So. I'm just so much more happy if my kids are all, you know, safe. Yeah. it's inside my house uh-huh. and safe and I'm totally. seeing all of them and they're safe and no risks. And um, <laughs> My kids wanted to go up skiing yesterday on with friends up the icy roads of Bogus uh-huh. and two different sets of friends. And I'm like thinking in my brain, can you just stay and play in the toy room? With right. You know? I don't care. I, yes. Whatever that you're 18 and 15. It's like, so much easier. Can you just go push cars in the toy room? That was so much better. <laughs> well, seriously, and you think about that, you know, when you're parenting um, toddlers, you know, you feel yeah. like that's so hard when you're, you know, you've got young kids at home yeah. and you get it when moms say, I'm so tired. It's so hard. Like, it's not hard, but it's a way different kind of hard because at least your kids are like, like they're, right they're eating when I tell uh-huh. them when to eat. They are going to the bathroom when I tell them to go to the, you know, they're in your house. They t- go to sleep when you, t- it's yeah. like, they're all, they're right there. And then uh, when they start getting bigger, you just have less control. And anyway. But you're right though. Even that, even when you, it does give that illusion of control right. when you have them. Cause even if, you know, even in those younger years, True. Yeah. you don't ultimately have all right. that control, which is what we were talking right. about. So we just like to, to your, think that yeah. we have control. So I really <laughs> right. am a kind of a control freak that way. And yeah. so. Um, so anyway, I had this word unafraid and in different ways, the Lord just kind of kept bringing that word back to me. And so I had heard about this book, um, by a really neat Christian author called unafraid uh-huh. and I ordered it and had begun reading it and, um, ended up taking it with us on a vacation uh-huh. to Mexico. And I brought several books. I'm always very ambitious when I go on vacation. Yeah. I really don't end up reading hardly any, but I had a stack of books next to my nightstand and hadn't really paid much attention to them. And Two nights before we were leaving, it was okay. actually on my husband's 40th birthday, we were at this Mexican resort with two other families, and so there were six boys total right around our boys' age, and they just kind of all hung around each other, and we sort of had some basic rules about, you know, staying together, yeah. not, not going places by themselves, and we'd been there an, an entire week already, and things were going really great, and we were sitting on the beach, all the adults, the kids had been in the pool, and um, all of a sudden, Jack who was just turning 13 right at the time, uh-huh. came running up to us and just the most terrified look I'd ever seen Aww. on a human, um, holding his throat and t- trying to tell us he could hardly Aww. talk and just sobbing and saying that somebody had choked him. And oh we, um, we and thought... And so now your stomach has just hit the floor because... Well, we didn't know. We thought maybe they were playing volleyball in the pool. Oh, okay. We thought somebody held him underwater or something. Aww. Well, he um, told us that... A man had come up behind him um, as he was exiting the bathroom and put a towel over his head and covered his face up and drug him into a private locked bathroom that was actually like the handicapped bathroom. So it wasn't even, it was its own little room. 
and wrestled him to the floor. Oh my and God. we we have no idea what evil intentions Intent, this right. man had. Oh. And, um, but, but nothing good can. I mean, this well, is no. all terrible right. and traumatic. And oh awful yes. And oh yes. And um, oh poor kid. Well, yes. But this little warrior kid of ours, he just he was trying to struggle to get out of it and just couldn't. This man was big and had him fully locked in an embrace yeah. on the floor, and he just prayed, "God rescue me." Oh, and, um, my gosh. immediately and inexplicably, the man let go of him wow. and took the towel off his head and just exited the bathroom. And wow. so he was, he, Jack didn't even know where he was at the time and yeah, right. got oh, up off the floor, realized where he was at, you know, came out and found us and we never found out who the man was, wow. um, except that we figured he was a, um, he was another guest because he was white skinned and had a, um, okay. a guest pool towel and stuff. And then we just assumed that he was still there the rest of the two yeah, days that we terrible. were there. So we, um, you know, that was, it was a parent's, you know. Oh, that's your whole, worst nightmare. Yeah. One yeah. of your worst nightmares for right. sure. When we figured out that we couldn't find the man who had yeah. done it and stuff, we got to make sure all the other kids were safe and the other parents took Sam and we just took Jack back to our room and Helped him shower because right. he had been laying on the sturdy oh, bathroom yeah, floor. Totally. He had bruises all over oh, his face and baby. cheeks and his legs and feet for just from the fight. And we um, put, put him in the shower and, you know, we just looked at each other and we each just grabbed a towel and just bawled oh, into a towel. It just It was yeah. just all of the, oh, your, the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. The fears and yeah. going, we, we didn't protect our kid. How dare somebody put their oh, hands on our kid. Totally and, the anger. Um, and, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, and at the same time, absolute gratitude that he is right, whole, right. that we knew where he was, right. um, that he's alive. You right. know, I mean, we just didn't know. And not stolen and not yes, abused. right. Other than the bruises. Yes, and, yeah, right. Yeah, right. and we asked all of those hard questions, yeah. too, you know, as time went on, too, because we didn't know right. what had maybe happened. And we're so thankful because there just wasn't enough time for anything yeah. of the awful things that could have happened to happen. And... What's interesting then is because then I sat down, you know, on the side of my bed and I saw that book, Unafraid, and it was like God knew. Yeah. Not that he wanted this to happen, but he knew what our future had. Yes. And this whole theme of being unafraid, not like it was easy to just just have perfect peace and know that we shouldn't live unafraid in those moments, but it was just such a reminder that, okay, I have a choice right here. What are we going to embrace? And those next couple of days being at the same resort, not oh, knowing yeah. where this man was or oh, is he watching us. Relax. Who, I would have had to just, I probably would have packed up and Well, <laughs> I mean, that was one of my first things I said. We're going yeah. to a different hotel. Totally. And we just we just kept everybody real close. Right. We totally camped out in Psalm 91, which is kind yeah. of just a chapter that we pray over with the boys or pull out whenever they're having a bad dream or, you yeah. know, when things feel fearful. But just, you know, that... His, he protects us yeah. and he's got us. And we just really came to believe as we were praying and thinking about those moments when Jack was in there with that man that he was not alone and yeah. that the moment that he cried out for help, I mean, we don't know what caused this man to yeah. just let go of him. Well, he had no good reason. They were in a locked room. Sounds like a miracle. Uh, yeah. Well, we imagine that there was just like a giant yeah. angel warrior right. or a voice or yeah. something. I mean, we'll never know the side of heaven. What? Yeah. But Jack, within days of this happening, he ministered to us more than 
we could have possibly imagined. He said, I believe that God allowed this to happen to me so that I have a story to tell about him being faithful to me. And even in the moments where we would feel we were angry, and especially his dad, who just that dad. Oh, for sure. The detective, yeah. Oh my goodness. He even, he never would have. I don't, well, I don't know. Who knows? But his desire to hurt that that man who put his hands on. Oh, absolutely. Jack knew that he was struggling with this, and he said, mom and dad, Jesus died for the forgiveness of every man, and we have to forgive that man. Oh my gosh. And we, he can never hurt me again. Yeah. And we just looked at each other and, you know, with tears in our eyes and going, okay, you're 13 years old and you're, and this is truth. Yeah. This is truth. And so God just used that in such an incredible way in our lives and such a faith builder. And all the times you read in the Psalms, he hears your cry. Right. Like Jack knows. Yes. Literally and figuratively, he hears my cry. I cried out. And in that moment, he showed up right away and answered that, that need and... Yes. And, you know, the whole lesson for me in it, and not that I've perfected this yet, is just believing that he can protect my kids when I can't. Yeah. Because we can't be there in all of the moments right. with our kids. and Darn it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Someday they're going to go off to college. And, yeah. Um, we can't. We can't protect them all the time. Right. Even if we can, we yeah. can't. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, but he he can and he will, and I don't, you know, I'll never understand those stories where, you know, where yeah. it doesn't end up this way right. for parents. Right. But for us, it was just an amazing testimony of going, here, Lori, you yeah. can actually let go of some of this control because you actually weren't with him to yeah. protect him, right. but I was. Right. And, and, and you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you let the kid go to the bathroom right. in a in a, what you thought was an incredibly safe Right. Well, it was resort. the most public bathroom in the whole yes, resort. Yes, like didn't yes. do anything wrong. He's yeah. 13 years old. And so, yeah, yeah this was, it really yeah. is even, I mean, we don't have control right. because even in that moment, yeah. doing something totally normal and, and what everybody would have considered yeah. not the least bit of a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, this is all incredible. And I just, I love how faith building this is for your kids, these two experiences that they've each had individually and and then just the journey that God took you through as a mom and fighting down all those fear issues. So what advice would you have? Fear with moms is a real issue. That's Mm -hmm. a real thing. Mm -hmm. And what advice would you have for just that surrendering of your kids? Because I'm sure that even though you had that happen and God dealt with your fears, I, I bet it's not like that alleviated the problem of fear forever. Right. So I'm sure it creeps right. back in from yeah. time to time. How do you, what advice do you have for anybody out there? Well, for me personally, recounting this story in our lives, it has to be a reminder on a yeah. regular basis. Like when I'm yeah. afraid something's going to happen to them when they leave my house to, to go do whatever. Yeah. So what do I believe? What is true? Yeah. That God's got them. Yeah. And so I really just feel like knowing what God's word says about yeah caring for his kids, and then believing you know, that, okay, so what if the worst thing happens? Yeah. What if I do get that call that I'm afraid of receiving or what, yeah. that he will still be with us in those moments, that right. he has surrounded us with um, a community of people who will be right there with us too. Yeah. And I feel like that helps relieve some of the fear because yeah. 
I think sometimes fear is just feeling like you have to do things on your own yeah. and be alone if the worst thing ever happens, you right. know, and not being able to imagine the future if it, yeah. if your life has changed, but just knowing that he doesn't change, that he's the constant and that yeah. he will provide whatever it is that we need, yeah. whether it's just wisdom in dealing with fear or whether it's having to make tough decisions if a crisis does happen. Right. That's so yeah. true. Just to, that it's not like in those moments that he will be absent. He'll be right there with us. I think Beth Moore said that very thing one time at a conference. She said that she was dealing with fear and basically God just asked her to lay down her very worst case scenario Mm -hmm. of what she, you know, the very worst fear that she could come up with. And, um, and she came up with it and, and thought, you know, well, what would happen if that came true? Well, I would throw myself down on the floor and have a big old cry about it and uh-huh. I'd be mad about it. And then eventually I'd have to get up and God and I would uh-huh. go about our business together again. Yeah. Like he would still be right there. Yeah. Um, I think I've just come to believe so much more through these experiences, um, just in his faithfulness and just knowing that whatever happens, that he's got a story yeah. that he's trying to tell through our lives. Right. and. I guess I just want to be available for whatever that story is. That's amazing. Oh, that's so good. Well, my goodness, these are big, huge, significant, dramatic stories. I feel like maybe we'll just really abruptly shift gears here to something entirely lighter and randomly so. We, every time on the podcast mostly because I love to laugh and because I like to feel better about the fact that maybe I'm not alone in these things. We always share a so close story where (laughs) you are just on track to doing something awesome and then at the last second, just, oh, not so much awesome. (laughs) So close. Do you have a so close story that you want to share with us? So I have been thinking about this a lot and I, I, my best story that I can think of is would be more like a so far, okay. not, not so much as a so close. <laughs> well, a so far. I, I interviewed one friend and she said her husband told her that she didn't have so close. She had entirely missed the marks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you know. Well, so this one, so ever since when I was, I think when I turned 30, uh-huh. one of my closest friends, we had decided we were both in the midst of like raising babies and we just said someday we're going to go away together, just the two of us on vacation. Okay. So we set the goal of going away on our 40th birthdays. Oh, our birthdays so were two weeks apart. Nice. And, um, and so for years we were throwing around ideas and it was just always this oh. big goal, like on our 40th birthday, it's just going to be the two of us. Are we going to go to a beach? Are we oh, going to go, goodness. you know, where, to oh, a spa fun. weekend? Yeah. So we landed on, um. Spending a few days in Mexico together and had everything booked and we were gonna be there for our birthdays uh-huh. and um and so the week before my birthday, a few days before we were set to leave, I got a call from the school, um, my kids' school, and um they said, uh, Jack probably needs to go to the emergency room, I think he broke his arm. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So so I'm, you know, and driving there and I'm going, oh, okay, God, you know, how about not to be that she didn't sound right. very panicked about it oh, and stuff. No. And um just like you need to come right away. <laughs> so um so I walk into the nurse's office and um he has both of his arms splinted. Oh my and gosh. um and one of them was most definitely like oh, distorted. And no. so I, I take him to the ER and anyway, he broke both of his arms no. and he was, he was casted because they, you know, they don't always don't know if they're going to have to have surgery for a little while. So right. they do like a soft cast for a little, so yeah. for a week he was soft casted up above his elbows. Oh. 
He was, <laughs> which I had one, I had a surgery, which left me in one arm uh-huh. above. I can't uh-huh. imagine. No. I, I was, I, I couldn't believe how much my life changed with one arm above yeah. elbow. Elbows yeah. turns out are pretty useful well, in your life. Well, yeah, especially. And so, and Jack is oh. a tender heart. Like I am in, he like, he would sit there and, um, he would start crying when he, cause he would oh remember that gosh. he broke both of his arms and he would start crying and he couldn't even. Couldn't oh, even wipe, wipe his own tears. No, you can't no. reach your eyeball. And so, oh you know, gosh. you can imagine. So he was 11 <laughs> and fifth grade. All the things. And um, I, it was like having a newborn. Oh, totally. It was exactly like having a newborn because he could do absolutely zero for himself. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. I'm thinking all the things from mm-hmm. all kinds of personal hygiene yes. to just mm-hmm. basic daily yes. anything. Eating, you can't the drinking. No. Oh, my gosh. No, you can't do anything. And so, um, oh, so my kids would have died. Oh, all the awkward of that. Uh-huh. And oh, he, okay. he is a gracious kid yeah. and we have a pretty good relationship. And so he, you know, was, yeah, he was okay with letting yeah, him yeah. do all those things for him. But, but so anyway, <laughs> oh my um, gosh. I was the 40th party. <laughs> so yeah. So not only was I not in Mexico for my oh. 40th birthday, but the morning of my 40th birthday, my other son woke up throwing up Oh my! and he gosh. threw up. All day long. So I had baby 11-year-old boy with, yeah, yeah. who can't do anything for himself and throwing up boy <laughs> on my actual 40th birthday, which is, it's Happy all birthday. my fault for <laughs> having any expectations. That's what was my first mistake, was that I had Two years of planning. He has oh, no 10 oh, years, 10 years of, of planning. So um, oh that, was a, that was really, really sad. So my friend that I had scheduled it with, yeah. she, was, uh, uh, she was awesome and so gracious. And so we, we were able to reschedule for about three weeks later once we knew that oh, Jack was... That's so good. Not going to have surgery, and he had hard casts on, so he could at least do some things for himself, oh, um, and they weren't up past his elbow, oh, good. thankfully, oh, at that good, point. Good, good. Yeah. So oh, no, um, that would bring back a lot of, of tasks. Oh, my you goodness. Could just oh, yes. bend your elbow uh-huh. and reach your yes. head to scratch right. it. Yes. <laughs> totally. So once everything was settled down, we, re, you know, we rescheduled everything, and so we still got to go. And, um, and so the funniest part about this is like, it's like, God was just giving me goodness after having such a horrible 40th. Yeah. So while we're down there, we're, you know, we're the exact same age, like two weeks apart in yeah. age. Right. And so the first day we're there, we're standing and this guy walks up to us, a young guy, and he w- leans into me and he goes, your mom is so hot. Oh my and I'm like, my mom. Oh and I'm looking no. around and he's looking at my friend. Oh no. <laughs> and, he, and I'm like. Oh, she's not. She, oh and, and then she gosh. heard, and so we're like, we were laughing, you know, like he thought yeah, that you're yeah, yeah. my mom. I can't believe oh, that. That's and, hilarious. But then oh, your poor friend. Well, then it happened two more times. No, on that same trip that somebody oh, asked us gosh. if we were on a mother daughter, and no. she doesn't. And she's more fit than me. She's she does not look older than me. Oh, we kind of gosh. figured out it kind of came down to the hairstyle. <laughs> I actually asked her if she's okay with me sharing this story because it's kind of funny. She says that it was the bob that she had going on, and I had a little braid in my hair, which made me made me look younger. But I just felt like you know God is still good, even if you can't go to Mexico on your fortieth, you can still feel younger when you actually make it down there. (laughs) That's good friendship right there. That you're fully okay with her being like you know thrown under the bus so that you can feel better about yourself. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so far. Oh, yeah, that was it so well, far. Well, and it's so close close to being able to go. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and so then, far. Yeah, not so much. Oh, my gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, that poor kid. Oh, <laughs> poor everybody. That's, oh, dear. 
Um, okay, well then, this has been so fun. And at the end, I usually close up with just some fun, random, light questions. So mm-hmm. let's switch to what is your very favorite technology tool right now? Because I'm always looking oh. for, I'm so bad with technology. Do you have like an app or an okay. organizer or something? That you no, I just downloaded two new apps last oh, week okay, I that hear. I'm actually kind of obsessed with. Yes. They're both depressing and oh, no. good at the same time. Okay. They're oh, both apps for like scanning your household items oh. to find out how clean they are. Like for your health, like clean living, like uh-huh. clean eating. Yes. So one of them is that it's from the Environmental Working Group. Okay. And the other one is called Think Dirty. Okay. You just now you've hijacked <laughs> my whole entire day. You know I'm going to leave this interview mm-hmm. and go and scan everything yes. that I have in my whole pantry, which right. will take a while. I right. have teen boys. We have yes. a lot of food in there. Right. Well, and it's not just food. Sometimes food, but it's like everything from your laundry detergent to your soaps to your. Mm. Foundation. I'm just going to get so much done today. No, Randy (laughs) actually the other night had to tell me. He's like, you have to turn the lights off and go to bed because I was doing that in the bathroom. I was scanning everything. Oh, I totally would. And the depressing part is that how unhealthy most of the stuff is that we oh, put on our bodies gracious. and in our bodies. Okay, and so what's this app called? Now I'm going to have to know. Yeah, think, Although my think husband dirty. will kill you for telling me this because <laughs> now I'll get nothing done. <laughs> it's so true. Think dirty, think dirty and Environmental Working Group or EWG. Okay. And they're both just on the app store on free, iTunes. But, free apps? Mm-hmm, they're free you apps. don't want me to spend money on this. <laughs> so they, no, they have a barcode. Okay. So you can just scan things. And lots of items I found weren't on there yet, but lots are... Interesting. But yeah. okay, well, darn it. Now I know what I'm doing the rest of my day. Uh-huh. I'm gonna scan all my products. Yeah. I'll let you know. So I think you that you can't be overwhelmed with it and think you need to throw everything out. It's baby right. steps. Yeah. Because for sure. Because that that really would push me something... over the edge if I was just dumping things into the trash out of the pantry. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, and something I heard recently too is that um there was a study done on girls and the skincare products that they were using and they tested like the all of the bad things that are in them like through their blood or their urine or whatever and then they got them on a new like healthy skincare for three days in three days it they those toxins were not did not show up in their urine so so what that tells me is that once we make the change it doesn't take very long for those toxins to work their way through our bodies and stuff but i'm kind of obsessed about what i'm putting on my body and and my body and my family's body right Oh, man, I already have such obsessive tendencies. This is not going to go <laughs> right. well for my family. I know, I know, <laughs> me too. Um, are you reading anything fun right now? Well, I normally have probably five different books oh, that yeah, I'm reading at too. a time yeah. going on. <laughs> well, I don't know about five, but more than one. Yeah, 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 and usually a combination of some sort of fiction and then spiritual growth yeah. kind of books. But I've kind of put everything aside right now because I the only thing I'm reading right now is I got a new one-year Bible for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And it's... It the, takes some time. Well, but it's it's the most beautiful Bible. It's oh. the ex, I think it's called Expressions or something, but it has all these places where you can doodle on the sidelines of the pages. I just about this. No, it's beautiful and it's so cute. And oh, um, that's so fun. I've never successfully done a one-year Bible. Yeah. And I saw this one, and it's just so pretty. It makes me feel so happy just to even look at it. And so it's motivated me. So I put all my other books aside right now because I just want to, if I'm going to spend time, I want to be doing that. And I'm actually kind of behind because I, anyway. I I, just um, heard about this. I'd never heard about a Bible that you could actually take notes in and uh draw in. Yeah, it's got space for all that. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Expressions, you said? I think that's, it's something Something like that. that. Yeah, Yeah. it's a, a, for the ladies, it's like a, and it's a pink 
leather embossed yeah. cover. So it's just like texture. It just is so pretty. And yeah, no, those one years, it. that's a commitment. I mean, people will say, oh, it's only 15 minutes a day, but I'm such a analyzer and reflector. And so it's a, it's a legit commitment to try mm-hmm. to get through all the Bible in one year, mm-hmm. I feel. But yeah. No, I want to. That's yeah. a, that's Exciting. a priority for me this year. And so I'm so I'll competitive. There's been years that I've started uh, like jumpstart <laughs> like in November so that, because <laughs> oh, <laughs> I never want to be behind. That's a good plan. It's so cheating, but whatever. And it's so, so by the silly. middle of January, even if you're slapped yeah, over if, Christmas uh-huh. break, yep, you can still, still be on like time. on track. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can see that this is something you would do. Right. But I also, I got a, um, I picked up a fiction book. Have you heard of, because I have a vacation coming up, and so I wanted a good beach read. totally. It's called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Oh, yes. It's so quirky and fun and amazing. Is it going to be a good beach read? It's a perfect beach read. Yeah. Okay, this is what I'm hoping. And you'll fly through it. Yeah. I've had it for over a month, and I don't want to open it until I'm like on the airplane. Yeah. So that I have a good... Oh, I loved it. It was fantastic. And the entire book is letters, which I just thought was so fun. Like, they correspond. It's kind of like um, the Guernsey potato pie book. It's all letters back and forth, the entire oh. narrative. So it's really clever that way. She's oh, always good. writing somebody, and that's the book. It's, oh, good. Yeah, it's quirky, fun. She's hysterical. She re- I quote that book. Um, it said in there, like, something about if she was an artist, and they said if she's not doing art, that she was a menace to society. And I'm like, oh, I so get that. Yeah, I'm not if creating. Not doing- a menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think that's true for you, a menace, but I, I see the father. Yeah, that's and funny. the other thing that, because you'll read that one fast if you wanted a second book for the plane, um, I've been devouring Moriarty books right now. What is, I don't, what that, is this? Um, I can't remember what the first name of, but the last name is Moriarty, and it's this the is ones the author? I've read. The author's name is Moriarty, and I've read Big Little Lies and What Alice Forgot, I think, is the second one that I just devoured. Oh, and fast good? fiction. Good. A little language. You have to be willing to put up with that a, a little bit. If that offends you, it's probably not your uh-huh, jam, but uh-huh. I thought they were fun and clever and sucked me in. And well, it's fun to just have something that just like pulls you in. That's just fun and lighthearted yeah. and you can set it down and you're not going to feel yeah. heavy and then you just pick it back up. And, yeah. Like yeah. good enough that I, I'll deal with insomnia sometimes and it's it. not a good book to have as you're in the middle of the night book. Cause it's not boring enough. Like they'll, I, they, I think they actually kept me awake more. <laughs> so you and I have shared books before oh, and yeah. titles, but, what is, do you have an all-time favorite? Oh, all-time favorite. Oh, gosh, no, because I just devour books on, like, their bread. <laughs> like, I love books. I love reading. I love words, all the things. I think um, some standouts, though, I loved Expecting Adam. Did you ever read that? No. I really liked that book. It was about, uh, it was describing being in this highly intellectual family and then expecting a child with Down syndrome and just how the family responded to that. And it was dear mm. and tender and funny at times, but serious. And it was just all the things. I loved mm. it. That was a, one of my very favorites. And I just read Just Mercy, and oh. it wrecked me. Shattered my heart into a thousand pieces. Have you read this book? No. I can't remember the author, right? Stevenson, Brian Stevenson, I think. Oh, my word. That book just, yeah, that's a tough one. It, I think it's a must-read for anybody that calls the United States of America their home. I think mm. it just sheds so much light on things that are currently in our media and mm. helps understand some of the context for the things we read about, so... Yeah, okay. it's really good. Okay. So anyway, good well, that's kind of a bummer way to end. So, <laughs> but thank you for being here. I love it. That I, was so fun. I know people are going to be so inspired by healings. I mean, these are dramatic things, healings and 
protection and ministry. Well, they are dramatic. But we, we told God that we would tell our stories whenever yeah. we had the opportunity. So we yeah. consider it a blessing to be able to share well, what he did for us and through well, us. So That's amazing. And it's yeah. been a privilege having you. So thanks oh, for so being fun. on the podcast. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lori as much as I did. I'm so encouraged by her reminder that we have a God who sees us and knows us by name. He is a God who has the power to heal, and He's faithful to answer our cry. We saw that so beautifully in His hand upon Lori's two children. I hope this gives you a hope and a confidence regarding the situations in your own life. I'm curious, after listening to Lori's testimony, is there a circumstance you're facing that you'd like to submit to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help? I'd love to invite you to visit me over at the blog at julieturnermusic.com and share that with me. It would be a privilege to pray alongside you. I want to close by reading a portion of Psalm 34 from the ESV because it seems so fitting after what we just heard. Verses 1-8 through say this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Have a great week, and we'll see you all next time on the Made for This podcast.